Off the ball. Rugby. You'd be an ideal man to be in with them. For the Lions? Yeah. So go on, you're asking me what would I like to go, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I've got the nod from the lads at Off the Ball. Right? <laughs> join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. The Koigig Pod on Off the Ball in association with Cadbury, official snack partner of the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Katie McCabe, a huge, huge goal. Very proud of the team's performance. We're going to go out there to beat them, we're going to try and beat them. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. I am Kathleen McNamee and I am joined by P-Mount Captain Karen Duggan, who will be lifting that trophy come this weekend. I can see the excitement in your face. And of course, former Ireland international and Arsenal legend Emma Byrne. Guys, how are we feeling? It's been a while since we've all been together. Oh no, I've missed the band. Missed <laughs> I've been thinking about you every day since I've been away. <laughs> I'm yeah, you just imagine when you're in the mill and rain that all you were thinking about is God, I can't wait to get back to the podcast. <laughs> podcast is indoors. Yeah. <laughs> How did you find the driving rain of Albania, Emma? I mean, we should say congratulations. Well Qualification secure, but two games left. Yeah, fantastic. Um, it's just great. It's great to top the group. Uh, top the group in style. Um, and just to know that we've got a good chance of qualifying for the Euros. So that's what it was all about. And also to get out of the group, we do not want to be in that group. We want to be in the top group. And I think we deserve to be there. So I think just proving that. So, yeah, just fantastic. Great. Very happy. Happy people. Happy squad. And did you manage to uh, sneak in an umbrella onto the side of the pitch for that game? Or were you in the driving rain like everyone else? We don't do umbrellas. No, no. There was an umbrella there, but uh, nobody was having any of that. No one wants to be the first to be the soft one to pick it up. Not when the Albanian manager was standing out there absolutely getting soaked. I was like, nope, he ain't got one. We ain't got one. (laughs) (laughs) Emma, out of interest, what, like, obviously there was quite a long break in between whenever they were trying to clear the pitch. What are you saying or what are you doing with the players during that? You know, obviously there's keeping them warm and making sure they don't start season up or anything. But are you talking to them? Are you just kind of like, you know, the game is in our hands at this stage. Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Like we, we had the halftime talk and then it's just trying to gauge when we'll, we'll be back out there because as we left the pitch in that state, we weren't sure if it was going to go on or not. And, you know, you have to wait an hour. It's UA for rules. So we just weren't sure what was going on but they had to be prepared to go on so we have um Evie Casagrande in there who's the you know she's preparing them all the time but they got dried off and obviously we did another set of kits so they they were ready to go on and Evie got them ready as soon as we got the all clear but it was all very it was a bit of a crazy situation to be honest and we're just waiting to hear just all we could do is wait to hear what was going to happen. I mean, it was weird enough watching it on television and not knowing what was happening. Never mind actually being there. Karen and I had a great discussion about the rain the day after that it happened and how happy we were that we were not out in it at the time. A cold I know night. it wasn't funny, but it was kind of funny to watch. In hindsight, since no one got injured, but it was funny. There are some really cool videos. Like yeah. <laughs> ones that might come out eventually, you okay. know, in time. 
But uh, yeah, it was just, I mean, it was impossible. I've never seen anything like it in my life. I've never seen a game continue in those circumstances. And I think if it had been any earlier, it would have been called yeah. because they're just waiting for the halftime. But in those that, the, those few moments before halftime, I mean, even then it was, for me, it was just going on too long. It, was, it became quite dangerous, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Like we were saying, you couldn't really, if you were a player on that pitch, you wouldn't have been able to judge, you know, where a ball was going to go or where your own feet was going to go because the ball just literally wasn't moving. So the chances of someone putting in a dodgy tackle or the chances of someone slipping and hurting themselves were quite high. And as Guyne said, we can kind of laugh a bit about the ridiculous of it now because it was passed, but definitely a game that I thought was going to be called a bit earlier than it eventually was. Although credit to the Albanian groundsmen, they did a good job of getting the pitch back to a semi-playable state by the looks, at least that's how it looked on the TV. I don't know, was it any different in reality? They were, they were incredible. Like, I was like, wow, this pitch, I've never seen nothing like it. It's literally a swimming pool towards our side of the pitch. Over the other side wasn't as bad, but um, I mean, you've seen yourself, the ball was just stopping and the girls were splashing around. It's just like, <laughs> what's going on? But that first push that they did with those massive shovels, I, I was like, wow. Okay, <laughs> they're they're taking the they're ready. off this pitch, and then it started raining again, and it stopped, and they went again. I was like, mm, if it keeps on raining, I don't know what's going to happen. Kept raining. I was like, tell you what, if they get the the water off this pitch, they've done an unbelievable job. It's just three of them as well. So uh, <laughs> yeah, hats off to them. That was incredible. Yeah, the, the true hero, heroes of Albanian football uh, on the day. Um, as we have seen, it was an interesting week of WSL action. Most interestingly, possibly, is the news that broke on Saturday afternoon that after over a decade, Emma Hayes is going to leave Chelsea. And by all indications, it looks like she is going to take up the US job next year. And um, that's what several reporters, both in the US and England, have said. It's yet to be officially confirmed. But I think Chelsea saying in their statements that she wasn't going to be in the WSL and not in club football kind of makes that clear where she's going, even if there was a vague 10 to 15 seconds where Irish hearts everywhere went. (laughs) Has Emma Bird worked her magic here? (laughs) Um, Emma, obviously, the job came up as well, by the way. I was like, maybe it wouldn't be a crazy thing either. Which do you think is more attractive, Germany or the USA at the present moment in time? Um, I would personally, I would go for the USA job, um, just because they can't get any worse. So, like, no one can blame me for anything. Yeah. <laughs> the only way is up for for America. Um, and just knowing Emma, I feel like it, it would be an attractive place for her to go. She loved her time out there. She always talks about it. So, um, and I do remember her saying, I'm not confirming this, by the way, that she's taking the job, but I do remember her saying, right from the beginning when she came back from the States that she was going to be uh, the US manager at some stage in her career. So there you go. There's a driven woman. She always has a plan. (laughs) Always, always got a plan. I do love the the fear Emma has of, you know, Arsenal legend says Emma Hayes is taking the US job. Um, last year, I think if if we were back in the 1900s, I would have been burnt. Yeah. <laughs> because of two quite, for me, obvious, 
obvious mm-hmm. things. It was like, oh, she said there was so much going on. I was like, oh my God, I really hope this happens because I'm going to get absolutely slaughtered if this doesn't happen. So I was like, quite relieved, quite relieved <laughs> took place. But um, you're all good. You're all fine. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like that way. An end of an era, though. Mm. I think it's, I'm personally, I'm very sad. <laughs> I know that sounds a bit silly, but I'm sad to see her go. Um, I think she's been an absolute inspiration for women's football in general. I think we were extremely lucky to have her um, in the UK and in the WSL because I just think she's brought like behind the scenes more than the trophies and the silverware. I think she's brought a togetherness with the, the coaches, particularly the female coaches. And if you ask any of the female coaches, they'll tell you, that they have spoken to Emma some stage, had a conversation, that they're always in touch with her, whatever. She seems to be the link there. And I think she's given those female coaches a lot of confidence, which is something that, you know, she, she's definitely taught me to to try and drive for what I want and to, to be a person that feels I deserve that. So it's just more than silverware. I think she's been absolutely fantastic. And Yeah, because she'll obviously go down as the Chelsea legend, but it's kind of more than that. Like she's been kind of, the transformative figure in that women's coaching um, landscape and like, yeah, what a legacy to have. And that she still has so long ahead of her in her coaching career. Like it's, it's insane. And like you say, she's done it all in the WSL now. And she, like you say, she seems like someone who's very driven. So a new challenge, it, it might be it's probably the right time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's tough. She has a little boy that, She's she's bringing up as well that she needs to spend a little bit more time with and and that's some that's the decision she's made and hopefully she'll get to do she'll get the joy of being on the grass and getting to spend some time with Harry as well so good luck to her whatever happens. I just think she's had an incredibly difficult couple of years in amongst all the success and hopefully I saw Susie Rack in The Guardian talking about this you know hopefully this is an opportunity Emma as you say to keep playing some football but also you know not have that day in, day out, week in, week out grind of club football where you really don't really get the opportunity to stop. Obviously, everyone's going to be talking about Emma Hayes and the legacy she has left at Chelsea. But also there's a massive question of, well, what do Chelsea do now? Because in the same way that, you know, you look at, say, the likes of Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger and they built United and Arsenal, she really built that Chelsea club and she built that squad and has basically been the driving force behind it it's gonna be really hard getting someone in after that it is but I was just looking at Chelsea at the weekend and the squad that she's built I mean when Ferguson left he won his last title with one of the not one of the strongest United teams ever where she's leaving Chelsea with a phenomenally strong squad not just certain 11 so it should be easy for whoever comes in to hit the ground running and you just hope that they buy into whatever it is because I feel like a lot of their togetherness is due to the work that Emma has put in but you'd hope that that legacy kind of follows through to the next person or else maybe someone else will get a chance because Chelsea look really good and will probably win again this year. Yeah, I I just don't (laughs) think it's going to be... Yeah, well, it'll be very interesting to see. I don't think it's going to be easy for someone going in there because... Someone goes in with their own idea, their own way that they want a team to play. And 
I think it's going to be difficult for some of those players to be quite honest to adapt to that. I don't feel like they're they're that agile in in adapting to a certain way. I also think it's going to be very difficult on the staff, which people forget about, like the staff, all that staff is with Emma Hayes. And obviously someone comes in, they might not want that staff and they're certainly not going to work the same way Emma did. It's a massive adjustment period for Chelsea. Massive, massive change. We will definitely be following on. Very interested to see how it does go. And I suppose the big talk has been, well, which manager is going to take over at the US? And now we're going to move very swiftly on to well, who's going to take over at Chelsea, if that is indeed where Emma Hayes is off to. Um, coming up next, we have our team of the week. And then a little bit later on, we will have all our WSL reaction from the weekend. So do stay tuned. Now we are joined by Emma Carroll, so she can run through our team of the week for this week. Uh, some unsurprising names in there, Emma, considering how we were talking about the standard of goalkeeping at the weekend. Um, but do you want to run through who you have on your list? Yeah, the goalkeeping was probably the toughest decision to decide on uh, between Brosnan and Bagley, but I went for Brosnan in goal. Um, back four of Fisk, Wibemai, Bergswand, or Bergswand, Emma will Fix me on that, I'd say. Neve Charles, um, Kim Little and Hoberger in the big, in the middle, and then Robinson, Kirby, Clinton, and Turland up front. The hardest was the goalkeeper, and I think I, it was a toss of a coin. I, I think I purely went because Brosnan <laughs> conceded one goal, but also I noticed her giving a really big pep talk in the huddle just as the second half began and I thought why is the captain not doing this and I was just I thought it was really interesting to see her leadership well we're not going to argue with no. you no. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, I love the way you actually had a reason for it whereas normally it's just like Irish <laughs> I know because I, I, I really struggled. I was like oh Bagley was really really good but oh, got to put Courtney in there and Mary Mary was my oh. Yeah, she got done on a worldie of a save, and then they conceded from the corner just after as well. She'll be fuming. She was, and yeah, Badley and Erps were busier than they should have been for an even enough game. You'd think it was the defenses were a bit leaky, and so they were called into action. I think more than well, certainly more than Erps would have wanted to be. Um, But I thought it was really brilliant as well that. Brosnan's maybe position wasn't brilliant for the goal that was conceded, but after that, it didn't affect her. Like she was getting down to everything. I thought she was incredible again and looks like she's going to be a big, big player for Everton this year, which is great because she was so in and out. I feel like she's really stamped that position now, which brilliant for Ireland, brilliant for Everton, brilliant for her. She deserves it. Yeah, you know how I feel about Everton and Courtney. She has to play. And actually, since she's been starting, they've looked way better. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, I'm happy with it's kind of the biggest compliment you can pay someone, isn't it? Really, that they transformed the team. Yeah. She's, she's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to argue with, with many in there. I probably would have put Lia Alejandri in there. I thought she was excellent. And also, she was just, she was just absolute mint for Spain as well. Like, I don't know if you watched, Spain play she she was incredible like incredible she is definitely a player that's gonna 
abs- be an absolute star for City. So I thought she had a good game as well. She's having a good season so far. Yeah. The only thing, yeah, I could think of was putting in probably more Chelsea players, considering how dominant they were. Probably Canridge. Canridge. Yeah. And Porn in there saying she was involved in an awful lot. Um, but Chelsea were, were good everywhere. So it was nearly hard to distinguish out of the Chelsea players alone who would go in team of the week. But yeah, they were brilliant. They were good. And then Aston Villa were so poor Villa that I was like, terrible. where does it cross over? Like, Chelsea yeah. are so good. Aston Villa so poor. Like, I thought Frank Kirby was just so good to watch. It was brilliant. Yeah. And a brilliant week for her, obviously being back in starting lineups and stuff. So I think everyone's always happy to see her performing. Um, God, yeah, Neve Charles, good again, left back, can't argue with that. Um, maybe we could have put a bit of representation for Bristol, given that they won't get too many more opportunities possibly, but they got their first three points of the season. So maybe Morgan on the left wing. But yeah, I also understand why why Clinton is in there too. So it was a tough one, but also good to see new names. Yeah, I'm happy to see Elizabeth Terland in there. I thought she was excellent. Mm. She's been so good. She scored six goals, six goals in six games, which is incredible for her. Um, Especially when Brighton struggled so much last year to get on the score sheet, like she's kind of turned that around for them. She she literally gets maybe three chances, proper chances in a game, which I think is just incredible. Kimmy, just fantastic as well in there uh, yesterday. Thought City, they just threw it away. It was just it's painful to watch. They're so good. They were so they were, they were dominating. Like they were absolutely dominating, and then to concede just got complacent maybe with their positioning for the first goal that they conceded. So yeah, it was a pity for them. Um, and obviously Wuben Moyes in your team of the week because she was able to somewhat marshal Bunny Shaw but again she probably could have gotten a couple as well if her her heading was as good as we're used to seeing I agree I agree yes was there anyone in there Emma apart from the goalkeeper that you felt like particularly hard done by by leaving out me and <laughs> or Diana MSC 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 yeah um, I thought Drew Spence was actually really good for Spurs as well maybe could have been in with a shout um, and then I was also thinking of Rachel Williams because is she ever going to get in there because she only comes on as a sub but yeah she scores every time so she's probably um, worth an honorary mention as well I think it's yeah I think mention Rachel Williams because actually Elizabeth Turland was marking her so yeah. as 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 good of a game as I think she had, that's what I'd be focusing on because I am a negative person. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got, they've brought on. First of all, I don't know why a striker is marking the player that scores yeah. those goals in the last couple of minutes, last couple of seconds. Like that was a big mistake. It had to be a defender. But then, as it doesn't matter where you're playing on the pitch, if you switch off in a corner. I mean, Brighton in general just need to organise much better in those in those times. But uh, yeah, just switched off. Let uh, Rachel Williams get in back post, and yeah, you can't switch off with her at the moment. Those, not in the last few minutes, you can't. If if she started, uh, it, it she wouldn't really be that effective, to be honest. It's those last minutes when they're looking for the ball and they just try to get that ball in. 
it's when they're most effective to be honest and and it was a decent ball in they they weren't really serving many decent balls in to be fair all game probably should have been cleared front post she shouldn't have gotten the the chance for it to come through even like a flick on, wasn't it, at the front yeah. post? Um, there's, a, there's a couple of things that you could definitely talk about with the goal. Yeah, absolutely. But um, when you look at it, it is about picking up and not losing your player. I mean, at one stage, Lee had actually turned her back to the ball. She was looking for a player. So there was there's a few things you could fix in there for sure. Well, we will look at that in a little bit more detail in a couple of minutes. But for now, Emma Carroll, thank you very much for joining us. And thank you for all your hard work as per usual. Thank you. So it was another very interesting week of WSL action with big win for Bristol City against West Ham. That last minute equaliser that we were just talking about between Brighton and Manchester United. Arsenal surprising quite a few people and beating Man City. And then also wins for Chelsea and Liverpool and Everton getting a draw at Tottenham. Emma, you were doing comms for the Brighton-Manchester United game last night and uh, you seemed quite stressed by the end. I knew I could see it coming. I could see it coming. That's why. And I'm, and I was like, okay, you bring Rachel Williams on, as I just said, you bring Rachel Williams on to score. That's what she, to score in the last minute. That's basically what she does. And, uh, just that corner was in, and it was overtime as well. Come on. And, and the, the first goal, Ella Toon's goal, it was a foul and Carabali, like it was just one of those games that. I was not being biased at all. I was not being biased. But I just thought, wow, like I would feel very, very hard done by if I were Brighton. I thought they were excellent. I thought they set up really, really well. I thought Melissa Phillips had them, had the game plan perfect and they were executing it perfectly. And United looked like a very average team because of the press and because of how Brighton were organised. And then... For that to happen, the foul, first of all, and then the second goal uh, was just a bit of a mess up for the, you know, not picking up in wrong areas, not doing things quick enough. So, you know, they really needed those three points. That's the thing as well. If they were like, if they were, had already picked up 10 points, you'd be like, Oh, that's a shame. That would have been no, they absolutely needed those three points. And yeah, they were, um, there's a few upset people. Mm. After the game, I imagine you were too upset. <laughs> obviously, I'm not biased at all here, but maybe United should have had a penalty at nil all though as well. They should. Have. They maybe should. that changes the course of the game. Now, nothing I saw about Man United's performance gives me uh, a huge amount of excitement for a title push. There, um, I think that if Brighton can figure them out, there's a lot of teams that can figure them out. Um, and like you say, there was a foul in the lead up to the goal and it was one of those wonder strikes that got them back into the game. And if I was a defender tasked with marking Rachel Williams, I'd be bear hugging her, trying to keep her as far away from the goal as possible, not letting her get a free run on. Yeah. So yeah, uh, United got away with one. Um, they're, I guess, lucky to still be within touching distance of the likes of Arsenal and things like that. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of work to be done. Um, JC is like really quick and dangerous, but again, her finishing 
needs to be a whole lot better. And obviously that's where you go back and you say, okay, we lost a striker who can actually put those ones away. And we'd hoped that we'd replaced well, but it's not quite clicking for Man United, I don't think. Emma, you you said at the start of the season, though, that finishing wasn't... I mean, I I don't see Jay-Z as a number nine. Mm. I, I think she's a winger. I think she should be playing on the right. She played on the right against England and absolutely terrorised them. And she might like to be a number nine, but that's not where I would have her. I don't think she makes the right decisions at all in those positions. And then you've got Malar, who is a very good number nine. Like yeah. that. I just swapped that out a little bit. But you also have, like, the game, you can see how the game's going. I'm really surprised Mark Skinner didn't make the changes earlier. Like he's got Nikita Paris on the bench. He's got Lucia Garcia. Um, again, not out and out nines, but. They well, Garcia has shown at the start of the season. She knows how to put herself about in the box. And I thought United were, were getting pushed, pushed around a bit by Brighton. I mean, it's, he really doesn't know his team. And I, and I understand that because you play Lucia. She, she gets her head down. She doesn't, she needs to work on involving players again. Mm-hmm. That final ball from Luthia needs to impre- to get better. Uh, JC needs to go out white because I don't think she's number nine. Like she just everything she does in there mm-hmm. just look, she, she just doesn't look like a number nine to me. Um, and you know, obviously losing Alessia Russo is a massive thing, but you adapt to it. They've got the players, they've got the squad to adapt to it, and it's not it wasn't even that they couldn't even get out from the press from Brighton. No, I think Brighton's first goal showed that like they lost it, dangerous position out in the wing, and then there were there was too many gaps and they were punished. And they Brighton deserved it. It was like you say, it was coming. And yeah, a shout. We obviously need to big up Turland because she's had a huge impact. So good, like she's so good. But like just from United, how can they not play it? They completely wanted to bypass the midfield. How long have we been saying? about United need to improve their midfield. They get Miyazawa, who's probably more of an attacking player, but she was getting in good positions. They couldn't play. Yeah, I think that was the most disappointing thing for me because she's a player I get really excited about watching when then obviously she was given the start and she wasn't utilised properly. Why passing her? You don't have a player like that on the pitch and not give it to her. That should be the whole game plan, get her on the ball. But you've got Ella Toon and Miyazawa. They, they're similar, not similar players, but they play in similar positions for sure. And um, I think they're struggling with that. I, th- I really do. They, they just look like they're struggling. They don't know the team, that the strongest team. And there's no time for them to find that out. Not when you've got City and Arsenal who can turn the screw. And I think mm. it's going to be, you know, I think they're actually lucky now to get 2-2 against Arsenal. I think they'll be thanking their lucky stars that they played them this early on. Oh, big time. Big time. They got they got them at a, a very good time for United, obviously not for Arsenal. And Arsenal will be looking at that now as very much two points dropped. Yeah, I mean, it just depends if this result for City shakes them a little bit. Like, because City can do that, can't they? They can be absolutely flying and then something rattles them and it all goes to pot. So it just it's all about the next game, really. They're so good. City are so good. And they were so good against Arsenal. They're so good. And then changes are made and it all changes on the pitch. Like it's just, it's, it's, I don't understand it. They were just absolutely flying. Talk about the goalkeeping situation there as well, which is a bit strange. Like, Mm. 
Ellie Roebuck, not even in the squad. Like, what is going on there? That's got to be some sort of personality thing. Yeah, but it's like it doesn't seem there. There doesn't seem to be an explanation. It's like just dropped. That's it. Just dropped. But you've got two goalkeepers in there. Kiara's young goalkeeper. I think she will be good. But yeah. she's 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 a kid. She ha- she doesn't have the experience. She's going to make mistakes like that, and, and she's going to learn from them. But this league can't afford these mistakes. Like it's cruel. You, yeah, it's too critical for a team that want to be title challengers. Yeah, and, you know, we said it a couple of weeks ago, like we just feel like it's going to be that position that will let them down when they play the bigger teams. And unfortunately it is, but she recovered really well. But she's going to make another mistake like that because that's what you do at that age. And that's what helps you progress as a goalkeeper. I mean, the penalty as well, you have to have the head to say, okay, I'm not going to get there. I'll stand up. Exactly. Ah, that's pure yeah. experience. Pure experience. Just going. Yeah, I'm gonna absolutely wallop this. And yeah. then, oops, no. And then you, you you just stop yourself. But um, I mean, I'm not saying I've done it. I've done it when I was way older than 19. But I've done it when we can afford to do it. So I had the games to do it. And she is a player that's gonna recover very quickly. She's a very confident kid. And you know, as I said, she's gonna be a great goalkeeper. But at the end of the season, we'll be looking at these mistakes thinking, well, cost me a title again. Uh, we were saying the same about Arsenal a couple of weeks ago as well, weren't we? Goalkeeping mistakes. Yeah. We've been saying for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And these are the manager's decisions. It's all about the managers and 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 then making those choices. I mean, luckily for, for Jonas Heideville that it has worked out because Zinsberger's gone back in. No problem. No problem there. But you know, they're going to be looking for a keeper, whether they get one in January or at the end of the season. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, you just have to put emphasis on how important it is to have a very good goalkeeper. I'm, I'm just happy that it's all coming to light, to be honest. Yeah. We do a lot of talking about goalkeepers. <laughs> on this podcast for good or bad why yeah but we still like we have an expert in our midst yeah we need to talk about the ref in the arsenal city game well i was gonna say because gary taylor was very very strong afterwards about both the referee and the um incident with jonas adavel saying you know adavel is always like this he was bullying the fourth official and then making he made the point that rebecca welsh doesn't give his side penalties which i was like that sounds like the sort of criticism that's veering on, you know, possible ban or fine territory. It's just ridiculous. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I don't know why managers want to talk to the fourth official. I seen it the other day. I went to a WSL2 game and the manager was giving it so much to the fourth official. And I was just, I, I just ended up looking at, at that for the whole game. I was like, why, why are you shouting at her? Like, it must do something if, if managers do it all the time, like they get in their heads or whatever, but I don't think they should be allowed to communicate that. No. There's no there's no need for them to communicate with the fourth official. I assume it makes them feel like they're doing something more so than it actually has any effect because a lot of the time, like it's only going to turn a referee surely against you more if you're screaming in their ear and being disrespectful or, you know, not not being polite, we'll say. I well, can't it imagine it didn't go, go against Arsenal because there was a blatant penalty. Catley's push on Shaw was blatant penalty, so it it worked. 
if that's what it was, if that had any impact, Adabel will have no problem with Taylor's comments because they absolutely got away with one there. Oh, I mean, it was so obvious. Like the lines, we, you know, yeah. the, the, the official on the line <laughs> um, saw it. You, she read. She actually spoke to the ref and was like, "Blah blah blah," and you could see the ref go, "No, no, I didn't see anything in that." It was like so. It wasn't like a sneaky nudge. It was proper. Two hands on the back. She bent her knee to give herself some momentum to push Misha over. It was yeah. outrageously obvious. Yeah, it was. It was for me as well. Like that was a mistake, unfortunately, from the ref. But she's a but very, City had enough very good ref. ball. City had enough ball to win that game enough possession um, yeah. and maybe that two mistakes like you say could derail them a little bit if they don't regroup from this well yeah and the fact that when they did get a little bit shook they they kind of fell apart not fell apart but they definitely eased off like they, they let Arsenal off the hook mm-hmm. and you know that's not a good sign like a sign a winning team will will be able to change gears will be able to you know, turn the screw, brush it off, um, nearly anger them. Those are the teams that... Is that, that kind of the difference you would say between City and Chelsea, that Chelsea won the fight? bit between the teeth and they'll go for it, yeah. Um, Saki agrees with me. Um, yeah, whereas City, they have a very young team. They do have a young team. Um, but that, for, for us, even when, when I was at Arsenal, that used to, to egg us on. Like, we, we'd nearly ask for that because sometimes we just wanted something to just give us a little kick up the backside. But um, yeah, yeah, it's just something they need to, to have a think about. can't believe no one's even mentioned 200 caps for Katie in Arsenal colours as well, which is a very nice achievement for her to get over the weekend. Um, we do have to mention Bristol City because they finally got their first win of the season. And obviously there was a lot of Irish interest in that game with Jesu coming back after 13 months out as well. Izzy Atkinson also playing very well. And then uh, Megan Connolly, obviously, over on the Bristol City side as well. Very much feels like the sort of game that West Ham would have gone into feeling like they would have won. But uh, Bristol managed to hold on in there. Yeah, they caused problems from crosses. Um, and the fact that they scored three goals, that's huge um, uh, gifted so I would say a little bit I think keeper's position a little bit questioning from West Ham but to keep going I, I think uh, very commendable um, and I know that their manager spoke about it was actually the last 20 minutes of defending that won them the game and she mentioned how resolute they'd been against Arsenal so it is possible that they are going to pick up more surprise points um, just based on those two performances. But uh, West Ham will probably need to look at themselves because, like I say, maybe they were a little bit complacent or I don't I don't know. It just didn't look like a click for them at all. Well, like yeah. I think Bristol only had a third of possession. They had similar shots on target. I think they had less shots, but more shots on target than West Ham did as well. Yeah, but you know that that's what they're going to set up. Every game, Bristol are going to try and bank up and hope to get set pieces or a counter. So. Uh, and they, should, they shouldn't change that. No. I don't know why teams are so quick to change things. It just reminds me of Villa. Like, you, they're good at it. Mm. Park the bus and then go for the counter. It, it works for them. And it's it might be a thing that's going to keep them up. So just get really good at it. I thought they were really good. I, I actually really enjoyed watching them play because it's difficult when you're on the ground like that and 
you know, you can't can't really see how you're going to progress. And, you know, every game is tough. It's going to be a very long season for them. But they can be confident knowing that they can go into games and defend well. And they've got quick forwards that can go in and score. Like they scored, actually scored uh, four goals. I thought their offside goal was brilliant. It was an excellent goal as well. Um, but yeah, it's great. The fact we have a, a, so many Irish players to watch. I thought Izzy was brilliant when she came on as well, which I was happy about. Yeah, she's been particularly great for West Ham in the few games that we've seen her in so far, which is really good because, I mean, building up that time, the amount of confidence that it's going to give her when she's coming back into the Ireland squad, assuming she's in the next couple of camps, which I have to imagine she will be with how she's playing for her club at the moment. It's got to say, it's very beneficial to us. It's great seeing Jessie come back on. You know, I know Ben Connolly hasn't been on the end of a lot of great results, but very much a leader in that Bristol City team. So a lot of positives for the Irish. And I also love the fact that every Monday I'm opening the Irish papers and we're seeing a roundup because there just are so many Irish players over there at the moment. And it's not just, you know, Evan Ferguson City. Um, a word for Aston Villa, who are currently bottom of the table. I'll give them that many people. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you were going to go harsher than that for a second. I, was, uh, I didn't want to have Emma to have to do beeping on the podcast to give her extra work. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Um, what yeah, bottom of the table zero points. We thought at the start of the season they were going to be one of the interesting teams. Maybe might do a bit of a run like Manchester United did last season, but uh doesn't look like it. No, I think it's, you know, it's such a difficult start for them as well. Um, But I, I actually feel really bad for them because it is, they've got their most creative player out. I think Dali is huge loss, yeah. even bigger than what I realised. Um, they're also a team that I think need to go back to what they know as well and go back to basics. They're very, very good at defending, or they were last season. They were very good at just banking up and take soaking up the pressure and then hitting teams on the counter. I couldn't believe the ease that Chelsea scored some of the goals. Like Some of them, they just ran through them from almost the halfway line and three defenders couldn't get back to get a tackle in. It was like they had lead in their boots. Do you know, I, I actually thought that Turner was one of their best players last season. And I think somewhere along the way, when she was pushed out to left back, I think she hasn't adjusted coming back in. Um, and I think that might be something that Carla Ward might have regretted putting her out there because I thought she was excellent in the centre last season. So there's a couple of things going on there. And I have faith in Carol Ward. I think she's an excellent coach and I think she's going to rectify things. And I think once also, also when Dali comes back, it's going to change things around. But they've had some really tough games, you know, and they'll pick up points for sure along the way. Like I'm not, we wouldn't be worried about them getting relegated or anything. I know they're, they're on the bottom now, but they're still only four points off team. Yeah. So, I liked Carol Ward's post-match interview. She was like, yeah, it's been the hardest four or five weeks of her managerial career. But she was like, but I'm tough and I'm going to turn it around, basically. I liked that. I wasn't feeling sorry for herself. She was like, okay, let's, we need to get to work. So, I mean, the, the, it is. Kind I thought it was interesting as well. The yeah. amount of players that have come out and said, you know, we're doing this for Carla and like she isn't the root of the problem here. It was like the player saying it's us that needs to step up, which I thought was interesting. 
Well, that's a sure sign is please don't sack our manager. Mm. <laughs> isn't it? Like, it isn't, I don't think it's how they're, well, maybe a little bit how they're set up. Like, definitely she's going to look at her. She'll look at herself first. Mm-hmm. And then she'll look at the players and how, how they're playing. But in general, just go back to your defensive mode, get that right. And then back to where they started last season, defend to counter and then try and get Daly back as quick as possible to be that link because Rachel Daly looks, doesn't look like she's enjoying herself. Frustrated to say the least. Yeah, I don't think I've actually seen what the updated um, timeline is for her to get back, but I think it was supposed to be in the next little while. I don't think it was um, too far away. In terms of Chelsea, as we said, just smashing in the goals. A bit of a, here you go, Emma Hayes, why are you leaving us? Look at how good we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, they just, it, they can score from kind of anywhere. About, I don't know, do they make it look easier? It just was easy. I think that it was one of those days that was easy. But I think the fact that they have goals coming from everywhere without it being Sam Kerr, is a massive positive for them. Um, yeah, they're doing Chelsea things. <laughs> it was just too easy for them. Mm. Like I can still see holds in Chelsea. Like plenty, plenty of ways to play against them. So it's all about the next few games for me. Emma's like WSL. Give me a call. I I know what to do. Oh well, for now they are sitting pretty top of the table, three points ahead of everyone else after five games. Um, we spoke a little bit about it before, but Tottenham won, Everton won, Courtney Brosnan absolutely starring in that, which we love to see. Liverpool getting the win over Leicester, which is great news for them as well. And overall, just a a generally interesting weekend of WSL action. Um, In terms of the big games next weekend, we've United West Ham, Spurs are playing Liverpool, City Brighton, Everton facing Chelsea, which will be very much a test of uh, Courtney Brosnan's metal. Bristol City playing Aston Villa and then Leicester are playing Arsenal. So they'll be hoping to pick up some more points there. But for this evening, thank you very much, guys, for all your help. Much appreciated. Karen, we won't be seeing you next week, but enjoy the celebrations. Hopefully we will be chatting to you (laughs) soon after the fact. Emma, thank you for rushing back to do the podcast. Uh, Always a pleasure to have you back on board with us. And to everyone who's listening, thank you very much for listening in. Uh, The Koyuk Pod on Off the Ball is sponsored by Cadbury, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team. We will be back next Tuesday morning with all the WSL action. But until then, if you want to chat to us or if you have any thoughts on this weekend's action, please do get them into us at the Koi Gig Pod on Twitter. We shall see you all next week. The Koi Gig Pod on Off the Ball in association with Cadbury, official snack partner of the Republic of Ireland women's national team.